Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons, jam-packed with news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Our top story, COVID cases seem to be on the rise. COVID testing seems to be on the rise. And death tolls are not being talked about. So what do you think about that? You see where I'm headed with this, Binkley? Maybe. Are you saying that they're inflaming fears again and there aren't really an increase in death? I know I saw a headline that was like, CDC says 40 billion cases more than we actually believed of coronavirus. Something crazy like that. Yes, there's something crazy like that. I got a, I got a text, a tweet that I thought really nailed it. I've noticed yellow mask of re says, I've noticed a complete lack of mentions of death in the headlines. It's telling. So it seems to me, this is my speculation, I've really, I spent a lot of time trying to dig into the numbers from Johns Hopkins as the number one one that pumps all these numbers out, even though we do have a CDC and they should, we're paying them to do these kind of numbers and analysis, but whatever, they still go to Johns Hopkins, seems to be the... The guys who are in on Event 201, and it's really probably just to sanitize CDC from really pumping false information, because that is that could be like you could have federal accountability laws on that. That's why I think they don't actually lie about the stuff; they just kind of fudge it. And those tests are are really not like testing for viral load of a specific virus, COVID virus, COVID nineteen. It's a PCR test, anyway. So which is like a fragment of DNA that it's looking for. So I'm not even validating the tests, but I think the way it works is the tests basically yield a certain number of positives or it's not highly correlated with symptoms, disease, whatever. And as they're saying, they have way, way more tests. And now they're starting to test young people for what reason, I don't know. But the fact that they're saying tons and tons of young people are now testing positive, it's like, well young people weren't being tested at all. So the fact that they're testing positive means they're testing young people. And so the U.S. is the most highly tested country in the world, which could be, again, you really have to dig into the numbers, but it could be why we have the most cases in the world. But because they're not highlighting the mortality rate, the deaths, it's clear, I think, that the mortality rate has to be going down if there were all of these new cases they're just talking about the new cases, and then they're folding on top of that the fact that millions of people, now they think millions of people already had it, which will drive those mortality rates down so far that this will be the mildest cold and flu season that we've ever had. Yeah, it would seem if millions of people have already had whatever it is that they're suggesting that people had, then that would be a lot less scary, I think, which I think is what you're saying. If It seems like it would... It doesn't do much at all if so many people have already had it and people aren't dying. Yeah, what are you worried about? See, that's the thing. What are people worried? Why is positive testing matter at all if there aren't an increase in deaths? Now, there, there, there is, I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's hard to say. There is something that I worry about. I've expressed this in a few ways, but I hesitate to compare it to this because I know people will chime in and they might question this narrative, but... During World War II, Hitler, this is one of the arguments as to why Hitler was able to get away with committing so many atrocities for so long without outside intervention, is after World War I, the American public learned of the mass deception 
the mass propaganda campaign that was organized and got us into World War One, and they learned of the fake atrocity stories that were used. There was the Bryce report that came out, and the public was mad about it. And there was a anti-propaganda wave that kind of swept across the country for a little while. That's when the the and what was that propaganda analysis institute, whatever that institute Wait, was that, that popped I up. Can't it's like kind of a whitewash. Was it like creep said. or something? It had a weird name. The Institute for creep Propaganda or, Analysis, I believe, was the official name of it. And what they did was they sent newsletters, they sent instructional stuff across the country to businesses, to people's houses, to education, to school. And People were on alert for propaganda. And so when World War II started and they started hearing similar atrocities coming oh, out of there, wow. they did not believe the atrocities were really happening. And so wow. we did not intervene. That's why they spread that stuff around. And that's so this what thing I'm could go worried on about. And on. That's what I'm worried about right now with COVID is people have yes. so little trust totally. and it seems so bogus yes. that if something were actually real, or if something real were put out there, people wouldn't believe it and there could be mass death. I Or I, yeah. they can use it as an as a narrative of why no, this is really true, and it's because people got immune got kind of tired of of the of all the scare propaganda and now when the real wolf comes, yeah. Everybody is vulnerable, but it's interesting. So, I mean, that is a way. It's the dangers of crying wolf. Yeah. It's like when we said that they pull the cops out of the protest zones, that allows those things to get to spin out of control. And that's how you could get Hitler to get to the point where they had to truly crush Germany, because that really was the goal. Unrelated that I think they allowed Hitler to emerge so that they could totally and utterly crush Germany. Yeah. For for economic reasons. You know, it is worth pointing out here as a quick aside that the Ford Foundation, which helped Hitler, funded a lot of things, spread one of his some of his writings around in America. Yeah, Henry Ford, the original Henry Ford, Ford. Yeah, gave out um the Protocols of the Elders of Zion, which is really kind of crazy sound. It's like, oh, we're gonna control the world, we're gonna plot to do all these things. And it is signed like all the rabbis. It's like, you know yeah. what? If you were plotting to do all that, you would not <laughs> sign all the rabbis. Yeah. You know, it's more likely that that was an Illuminati manifesto blamed on the rabbis. So I think it's worth pointing out the, that, that the Ford Foundation is different. From, it's, it's separate I mean, from them. OK, so no, no, yeah. it's not separate. It's not separate. It's just that the foundations have all been hijacked. The, the founders have nothing to do with the foundation. So. It, it, it just seems be. ironic to me that it is. Henry yeah. Ford, who did that with Hitler, is also one of the biggest oh, donors know, to the Black Lives Matter organization. Yeah, that the the Rockefeller Foundation. I mean, some are and some aren't manifestations of the will of the founder. Yeah. I don't know, but I really wanted to say something about World War One. I'm glad you brought that up. So I've been watching Downton Abbey. Because remember, we were talking, I just needed something free and good because I was sick of buying movies every night. Is it night. Dowling Abbey or Downtown it's downtown, Abbey? Downtown. Downtown. Okay. It's just the name of it is Downton. It's not Downtown. It's Downton Abbey is the name of the Abbey. And they call the house Downton. It's about this house. It's about people, rich people live in this house. And they, it's, it starts with the Titanic and then it's moving into World War One. And they have all the boys being drafted and hurt and everything in World War One. And they talk about, they believe in the war and it's scary and all this kind of stuff. And my husband and I are looking at each other like, 
why are they not talking about why people how why these guys are going to France to fight this war? Like why? And it reminded me of the time I was online at Weight Watchers and it was in an armory. It was in an old veterans affair hall or something like that, but old, old, old. So it was people, it was World War One posters on the wall, real ones. And it was like, oh, save our boys and send money and whatever. And I said to this just random chick next to me, what was that war all about? And she looked at me and she said, I know I've told this story before, but it's relevant. She looks at me and she said, they were monsters. Yeah. And I said, no, no, no. This is World War One. Yeah, people conflate them. Those are World War. And she said, I know they were monsters, though. I said, but but why? What? Why? How do you know that? Look at the poster. She literally was, she just had that look on her face like the time when I was talking to this three-year-old or five-year-old or whatever in the park and we were digging in the sand and my kids were on the swings and stuff. And she was saying how, I said, do you always talk to strangers? And she said, I I never talk to strangers. I'm not allowed to talk to strangers. And I said, I'm a stranger. (laughs) And she got up and ran away screaming. (laughs) My kids were like, yes, I know. My kids hate how I deal with That's hilarious. A lot of little kids I really connect with, but sometimes I freak them out because, you know, she just didn't understand. A little kid got up and ran away screaming after that realization. At least she was listening well, you know? Yeah, she was right. Like she, but the thing, the point of that little story is that her parents didn't explain to her what a stranger was, so it was absolutely useless to terrify her Great of strangers. Point. I never terrified my kids of strangers at all. I just kept an eye on them, and I like them to be around other people because I like influences. I like them to think, and I like them to be exposed to microbes. I'm not kidding. I've always liked that. So, so this chick had that same look on her face, like you are. You are a scary she person. She was screaming internally. Internally, like she had the look of the scream on her face. And and I and as we were watching this show, Downton Abbey, I said, Oh yeah, because they're monsters. And then I thought, they're they're invisible monsters, even. They didn't nobody in England knew the monstery, scary German people. And now we have the invisible monster that we're all terrified of. And I thought we are being exposed to atrocity propaganda. Yeah, this is a form of atrocity propaganda. It's a form of everything. A lot of things going on right now is a form of terrorism. Yes. And and I have to, I'm sure these girls don't listen to my show, even though they're two of my best friends. They, they were texting, we were texting as a group and one lives in California, one lives in New York. And I said, oh, I'm going to, host a stage at Freedom Fest if anybody wants they both like Vegas. If anybody wants they they don't want to go to Freedom Fest, but they they're liberal. But Maybe they anyway. can come protest you. That's totally fine. Any attention, any PR is good PR. So I said I'm gonna be at Freedom Fest if you want to go. And one of them said, Oh, I'm not traveling at all until this thing blows over. And luckily they're banning us from Europe, so I don't even have to make up an excuse. I just I'm not I don't have to travel. And then the other one said, we deserve to be banned. We deserve to be banned. And I'm thinking, I don't care at all. I don't need to travel. I don't care. So I do have to travel east, which that is worrying me, but um, about like changing rules. But so I was about to say, in all honesty, because one of them lives in New York and is like locked in her apartment for months. It's effed up. And her parents are in an assisted living home and they're really deteriorating. Is she rapidly. by herself? Yes, and New York apartments are small. Like, they're not meant to spend time in. They're yeah. like 
flop houses. I mean, she's got a good job, so it's hers, is pro- but it's still just a one bedroom. And, and fucking, like, you don't even, it's not like you walk out onto your grassy backyard. Yeah. You're just in the sky in a box. That's how <laughs> I saw a lot. And when I lived in Chicago, it's very tiny, up high in the sky. Yeah. And it's that's very unhealthy in my opinion because all the air they you can't open the windows because it's illegal to have the windows open much because people die they fall out windows all the time, so, so and her parents are completely deteriorating because they're not allowing visitors at the assisted living home, and old people like they get freaked out yeah so she hasn't been there she just visited her parents for the first time but I was gonna say, you know who's responsible for all the all the horrible statistics is Cuomo because he sent those people back to the nursing home, like the policies and in New Jersey and stuff. That's why they're going to have like federal liability protection against all these terrible policies because they, I think they wanted to juice the numbers. They want, I do. I think they wanted to do it. I know that's a serious accusation, but anyway, so I was going to say that because I think it's true. And then I realized, I don't know why they would, they know that I'm not going to, they were baiting me, I think, a little bit. But I realized that they would see that and think that I was a Republican, which fucking liberals always think I'm a Republican. Whatever, like I, I'm a Trump and supporter. Republicans and Republicans often think that you're a liberal. Yeah, people or think I'm a Trump yeah. hater. Trump lovers think I'm a hater and whatever. So I was going to say, come on, it's Cuomo. And then I realized they think it's Trump's fault. Which makes absolutely no sense because it's totally unconstitutional. Because he held a rally in Tulsa. (laughs) Right. Because he didn't lock the whole country down, which is totally unconstitutional. And I'm sure they would like to change the Constitution. What was the New York Times headline today? How we lost to the coronavirus? It was something like that. I didn't see that, but I did Google this because I said, am I, you know, am I right that they would have thought that that was just me being a Republican? And lo and behold... Two days ago, Trump said, this is all Cuomo's fault. And isn't that funny? And and then Cuomo says it's Trump's fault. And it's just annoying to me because I can't ever say anything to people who are super partisan. They don't want to hear the facts. They just want the confirmation bias. And every time it's either I'm whatever i mean people just listen for what they want to hear and if you're not saying the right thing then you're just you're just a a a member of a different political party that's all they need is that bit of information that validates what they already believe and what they want to continue believing and all the other information just they don't see it and i i have to say i love these girls and it's just it's gotten so much worse over the years like the polarization, it did never mattered. We became friends when I didn't even know. I don't care at all, you know? Yeah. I mean, everybody's liberal when you live in New York, so I don't care. But but now, like, people get, they dislike each other all of a sudden. I mean, they, you can be through thick and thin together, and all of a sudden, like, I always thought Monica was a nice person, and then she liked Trump. They despise which people I don't, but. who they see as a representative of Trump and the evil that they see Trump as. They come to despise people. They can't even be friends with them. It's like that. We did this fantastic propaganda report yesterday, which will be coming out early release to anybody who's a patron next week while we're gone. But it's, they are, it's like you have to be taught how to hate, you know, that South Pacific song from the musical. You have to learn how to hate. You have to be taught. Yeah. And that's a big meme in racism. It's a, it's absolutely true. I think, and uh, that's they teach them how to hate. 
and they give them Nora a was teaching yeah. people how to hate. Yeah. And they and point them somebody, in the direction. They teach how to hate. Saul Alinsky talks about that throughout his book. He says, you got to freeze an enemy. You got to crystallize them. He said, you can't tell them the reality that this person's partly responsible. That person's partly responsible. This person's responsible. This situation. You can't tell them any of that. You pick one person, you lay it all at their feet and you direct that hate towards them. We'll continue talking about this right after this. Hey, what's up, guys? With the world as crazy and unpredictable as it currently is, the time to start living a truly sustainable lifestyle, a lifestyle of rugged independence, is right now. And Neighbors Feed and Seed has everything you need to help you do just that. Small engine repair, garden supplies, vegetable plants, bird feed, chicken feed, premium pet food. Neighbors has it all. And right now, they want to give Propaganda Report listeners an opportunity to try one of their new products, Southern Nights CBD Oil, at a 20% discount. So go to NeighborsFeedAndSeed.com or visit the store in person if you live in the Smyrna area and use the promo code PROPREPORT. That's one word, all caps, P-R-O-P-R-E-P-O-R-T, and you'll get 20% off of your CBD oil purchase. Look, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Neighbors Feed and Seed is a fantastic business ran by friendly, knowledgeable, liberty-minded people who bend over backwards to help their customers in any way that they can. Check it out. I promise you, you're going to love it. I want to make a quick correction. The promo code for the CBD oil is PROP, all caps, P-R-O-P, for the 20% discount. And if you want 10% off a Garden Starter Seed Pack, use the promo code PROPREPORT, all caps, one word, for a 10% discount. And neighbors still have some baby chicks if you need some chicks. And while we're at it, can I throw something in of an ad-like nature? We have a we have a first Friday disappearing patron party for all party level patrons. That means if you're a patron of the truth, friend of the show or patron saint, you get to come to this great party. But this month, July 3rd, is the is uh, the day before Fourth of July and we're traveling for the meetup. So we're going to do that free for all the disappearing patron party on the second Friday, which is July 10th. So please make that change. And remember, we're going to be out for the next a week and a half, but we have an early release propaganda report for all patrons, patreon.com propaganda report. And we are going to put some podcasts and other material out so that you have something to listen to while you're missing the fantastic news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. That is called the Drive Time News Blast. Fantastic. Another COVID-related story. I tweeted at you last night that I got you got me. I I see Biden as playing the role here. I think that he is definitely playing into the I'm an old man. He's acting here. Last night, there was a video of him going around where he's wearing that black mask, although not on his face because he had a microphone. (laughs) He had it down around his neck. So even when he's not covering his face with the black mask of Biden, he's still demonstrating what the black mask of Biden is. I'm seeing that more and more every day. That is going to be. Like the election meme, black mask of Biden, white face of Trump. Like I'm seeing that right now. So Biden says in this video that 120 million Americans have died of the coronavirus. 120 million. Obviously, that is not true. That's like a third of America. I don't believe that was a flub. I believe that was an intentional provocation. That There's no way, because he actually said it pretty smoothly. And then he... Later, I don't know if he said it here or in a separate situation, but I think it might have been here, said that he would sign a federal order requiring mask while Trump is the anti-mask. Is that what people are looking for in a president? I need somebody who's going to force me to cover my face with a mask. 
Some people say FDR was a popular president solely because he ended prohibition. Just one little lick of liberty and people just were totally devoted to him. I have to say, I think the black mask is sexist. You're never going to understand why, because you're not a woman. Oh, let me think about it for a second. See if I can figure it. If I had, if I had a few minutes, I, I might be able to pinpoint it. I, tell me. You got to tell me. Because I don't care what color makeup you wear. It looks freaking disgusting on a black mask. Makeup, makeup looks gonna... disgusting on a black yeah, mask? Yes. Like if you if you wear a mask that's maybe closer to your to like flowered or has different things on it or maybe matches your skin tone, then I mean the masks are disgusting for women generally because or makes you just not wear makeup anymore. Which yeah. you don't really like to do. Yeah, it's kinda of leveled the playing field for people with jacked up teeth. And grills, you know? <laughs> yeah, maybe people like that. You don't, ever, you don't find out maybe what you get until you get home. Wow, I was going to invest in the smile that smile company, Smile Online, where they make the Invisalign kind of thing mail order because they just won some kind of lawsuit. But people are probably not going to get their teeth fixed anymore because nobody can see them. Yeah, dentists have got to be struggling right now. Okay, I have an interesting story that came out yesterday that we have been seeing a theme similar to this going on a lot the past month. Jenna Marbles, she's a wildly popular YouTuber, over 20 million subscribers, over 3 billion video views. She's one of the original influencers in the social media age. She's been making YouTube videos for over a decade. She makes kind of like commentary, those quick cuts, comedic, silly impersonations. I used to watch some of her videos because she wasn't politically correct in her videos. She didn't care and they were sometimes fun. So I enjoyed them. But she announced yesterday in a video that she is going to be getting off of YouTube, getting off of the platform. Mind you, 20 million subscribers. She could make a video of herself scratching her face. It's five seconds long. It'd have millions of views by the end of the week. And she'd have thousands upon thousands of dollars for scratching her face, shutting down her own channel. And in the video, she starts it off by saying, I feel like we are at a time where we are purging ourselves. We are purging ourselves of anything and everything toxic. This is a few days after Jimmy Kimmel purged himself by taking a voluntary three-month break after Jimmy Fallon purged himself, so to speak, by apologize, admitting his blackface thing and apologizing to it. All these people, it's all blackface related. And what this is, these are influencers. The, the propaganda campaign prior to or during World War One targeted the influencers, targeted the most people who had the most influence of the different segments of society. And we are seeing this go on right now with these people who are coming out and what they're doing. What she did in her video is she played her own old videos from 10 years ago and stopped them and pointed out where she was a racist. She pointed she she shamed herself this maybe is she's yeah maybe these people are determining their own punishment so they can control it i think that they were given an option possibly either yeah. you are going to do it yourself or yeah. we're going to do it and i think what's being <laughs> demonstrated and you'll learn more about this in that propaganda report that we we recorded last night we're going to be releasing next week i think that they are demonstrating to the public what it's like and what to live a anti-racist lifestyle 
And I think that this, because this is part of some of the actions that these activists are calling for. You need to show other people what they are supposed to do. And the influencers are being set up as behavioral model things. I'm also kind of worried about World War Three. That was a big, what the hell? That was a big bomb to drop there. But yeah, that was kind of major. Just all the influencers and this coordinated campaign of of people taking themselves out. It just seems like they do. They are unwilling to accept any dissent right now, and that is a symptom of of a coming war in some occasions. Hmm. Well, when I saw, I mean these these themes are all converging on something because when I saw, I was looking for the COVID testing tracker at J- Johns Hopkins Ooh, and I tracker. stumbled upon the COVID racial tracker. COVID yes. racial tracker. What is that? Yes. It's Johns Hopkins has a COVID racial tracker and it's like really feels racist. What is it tracking? It just tracks your, the people who have COVID by race, by state, by just really drills into the oh, races that. of the people who test and yeah. die and stuff. And I understand they, they, they are observing that it's disproportionate, but it seems to me it's absolutely like in this town out here, the cases are all in the poorer neighborhood. It's, it's very, it is sad. And I know that they do this place. I'm, now living in that they I, I met somebody who does politics here and she said they absolutely always like make decisions on what kind of stores can open or what the zoning to put the shitty stuff in the poor neighborhood and keep the night yeah. it's fucked up it and is. i sorry i've been cursing so much lately i'm sorry fuck i know but anyway so there's definitely systemic racism there we know what it is but it, it just seems to me that the is that a, systemic racism or is that I mean, because it's poor. I think it is. It's poor people. Right. And I think that can there be are any reasons. Color. I actually, there, if you want to see systemic racism, in my opinion, it it is always, I think this is, I feel like this is an Albert J. Nock thing, uh, but it's not about, in his case, it's not about race, but always go, and it's about privilege. He talks about privilege. And always go and see if there are any laws or policies that affect one group or another differently, whether it's business or neighborhood or ethnicity or anything. And that's government exploiting one group over another, giving privilege. Government is there to give a privilege to somebody. So when you look at like hiring and welfare, uh, anything where they actually base the outcome on whether or not you get some service on your race, which does happen. I mean, it's there. They don't talk about it, you know, advertise it, but it's true that you get preferences by race. And they, it's proposed as if it's something that is helpful, that's supposed to help people get pulled out. And like, anyway, and in, because I have a certain view, an ideological view that you're better off being empowered, getting a good education or just learning how to do something and being forced to kind of uh, engage economically. Like that's where I think immigration goes wrong. When you have that safety net, you let people like happens in Denmark where generation after generation from Middle Eastern co- countries are on the dole and they become hated by the Danish population. Whereas if you don't yeah. have the safety net and then and immigrants come in, they have to learn how to dress 
the way everybody else dresses, have the same hygiene as everybody else, have the same language as everybody else. It's like getting in an Uber and getting a check mark. You you learn pretty quickly who how to behave in this culture because you get feedback right away. Did I get the five stars I need from this person or did I not? Yeah. And that's how that's how people so like the projects in New York used to cycle through the ethnicities of the immig- immigrants. And then it started to stall and it stalled. And when it stalls, I think it's because the people aren't cycling up and out. They're kind of getting paid to stay where they are. And it's just a terrible situation yeah. of just stasis where we won't let you, we won't educate you. We'll undermine your schools and will give you just enough to stay where you are, but not enough to get out of where you are. Yeah. And then they convince people to vote for them on the yes. grounds that they're going to fix yes. these problems. And they don't know. People don't know any better because they're born into it. it. It happens in other countries based on immigrant populations. And that's why I feel like it's systemic racism because it actually the, the you're getting pigeonholed into projects and welfare and stuff like that is there are boxes you check for race and the decisions are different yeah so so yeah there's something going on with all these influencers that are modeling this behavior another story that's kind of in the same same ballpark as what we're talking about at the georgia legislator yesterday they there was a confrontation between a democrat and a republican state representative and it got so heated that the state police had to be called up to the floor to make sure that things didn't get worse and to calm things down. Now, the people that were involved, it was Republican David Clark and Democrat Erica Thomas. So it was a man and a woman. Do you recognize that name, Erica Thomas? She was involved in a story last year that went viral and then changed a little bit in a grocery store where she oh, says, "Oh yes, she is a legislator." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, she was the one who made the. She the made slur. up a story, but she was the one who said the thing she said. Someone said to her, "Yeah, she called the other person a slur." It was a Hispanic person, I believe. Yeah, the story was yeah, that she told somebody him to go back to his country or something. Yeah. She came out originally. This is last year, and said that she was at a grocery store and that someone turned to her and started complaining to her about having too many items in the 10 items or less aisle, which I have to say that bothers me also if you've taken too many items to the 10 items or less. But then she said the person called her a racial slur, something that she made up. She made that up. There was audio that came out where it showed her calling the other person a slur. And so that was a bogus story. She was trying to agitate and get attention using exploiting the whole race thing going on well here's what happened this story is painted a little bit differently and all of the witnesses are democrats that are friends with her she brought all of the witnesses there they had cameras ready to film and what was going on is she went out and she found this republican state representative and she got there's a picture she got in his face and was you know jet like going at him like 
like making it seem as though she was about to punch him. She was doing the same thing to him that these protesters are doing to the police officers who stand and know that they cannot move because if they react at all, they will be the bad guy and the evil person. And she was trying to provoke a reaction out of this guy and he did not react and he called the police on her. And that's what happened. And this is what I've been talking about, that these activists are feeling emboldened to do aggressive acts because they know they're protected. They know the other people can't do a thing. And that leader of Black Lives Matter, the co-founder, the one who said she's a Marxist, she talked in an interview last week with NPR. She was talking about the success of the Black Lives Matter movement right now and how it's gained so much power. And she openly said the police can't do anything. It doesn't matter what we do. If they react at all, they will be the bad guy. So they are well aware of this. What's going on? It's like why rich kids are bullies. Yeah. They know their dad will your your dad works for his dad. Exactly. Know? It's just well, interesting to that, me that they're so open the about, about it. The thing about cops getting called is interesting to me because it is a theme that I identified as last week. I said, I see the dialectic rising. The storm is turning. I could just tell it was coming because of the way the AJC started giving me headlines that I did not ask for that pointed to increasing crime and and definitely, I thought, had a racial purpose. And so there are a few articles just since yesterday that I saw. So I get now headlines from Georgia and California. Those are the two things I get notifications from. So yesterday I saw headlines from uh, Pasadena that said a guy just was pulled over by the cops, came out shooting, shot through the windshield, and they shot him dead. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. My husband was just like, holy Jeez. crap. Like, that's not that far from here. That's and nuts. And then, then today I got one from Georgia that in Gainesville, a guy did the same thing. Now, he was just arrested. He wasn't killed because Georgia's probably had its fill of that. And then at the same time, I, I saw a headline that said, in a drive-by shooting, a stray bullet kills an 80-year-old man. Another article, I heard this over Fox headlines saying in Glasgow, Glasgow, Scotland, some guy stabbed a cop. That was it. That was all. There was nothing else to the story. Now it ends out it's like an immigrant place and the cop shot the guy or whatever. I don't know. But I'm thinking, why is that one sentence being read on Fox headline news just about a cop under fire, you know, under danger. And then in Mexico, a gunman shot the police chief to death, I think, in maybe Mexico City. So all of these stories emerged in the past 24, 36 hours. And I feel like as at the same time, the Minneapolis thing where the the guy's like, yeah, we're going to disband the cops, so I'm calling in the ATF or whatever. Minneapolis yeah. was in the news today in the neighborhood that vowed never to call the cops again. That park has been taken over by homeless people, drug addicts, prostitutes, because this is what I call the hotel room effect. It's that when you designate something as whatever, like when there used to be hotel rooms, yeah. there was never no smoking and I would go and it never smelled like smoke. But now if you happen to end up in a smoking room, it's all smoke all the time. It's disgusting. It's that and Switzerland had a place called Needle Park. They said, we're just not going to enforce the laws in this park. And then as a consequence, every single drug addict in Switzerland went to that park because it was the one place where they could do their drugs and not be bothered. And then there were just needles all over. Kids could never go to that park again. And it sounds like that's what's happening. 
happening here. And the point is, oh, there was one one story. The guy said, oh, a uh, couple of kids held a gun to me and one of my car keys. And I called the cops on them and I wish I hadn't, I should have just let them take my car, but I didn't, but cause I was putting their life in danger by calling the cops. And I'm thinking that's a theme that came out of the, the George Floyd thing. That is what the right. person who runs the restaurant or runs the gas station, that that's what emerged from that. That's interesting. But how does it work when, so this kid came up to him with a gun and wanted his car. So it's not racial. Everybody's black, I think. So it goes up to the kid. So he said, I should have just given him my car and forgotten about it. And I'm thinking, let's play this out. Then what happens, right? Or should you have your own gun? I mean, what? So are you supposed gonna to let him keep it? Yeah. like Yeah. Are you supposed to just that's like pure pacifism or real pacifists let you steal from them. And at a, if you are going to let people steal from you, that's fine. How, how often are you going to show up for work? If everything you buy with what you get paid can be taken from you, you're just going to go to work enough to get the food you need. And you might not even do that. You might just stand on the corner, hope somebody feeds you because that's the thing you need to protect property because that's your life blood. That's your work. That's your life. Not to mention letting somebody steal something who is showing that they have a willingness to uh, forcefully take from people yeah. could very well use that car as a weapon and go on and hurt other people. Or he will go on. Somebody might die. The kid had the gun. Like, it's a kind of crazy thing. But my point isn't even so much like what is going to happen next. But the fact that these stories clearly were going to emerge, whether they're true or not, which they are, I'm sure, because how could they not be? And... It's it's the answer might be to defund the police, but the answer isn't going to be not having any policing. That's not where this is going. It's just like the symbols. When you destroy a symbol of authority, it's not replaced with independence. It's replaced with another symbol of authority. Speaking of symbols, I have two stories in the news of about flags that I want to share with you in the patron 15. I can't wait to hear it. I love talking about symbols and the the meaning and the impact they have on people. So I look forward to that. I'm going to tell you about a funny troll that de Blasio is pulling on Trump in the Patron 15 as well. You guys, <laughs> Yeah, I want to hear that. You guys find your <laughs> Drive Time News Blast every week to afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content that we post, every time that we post a DMB, you can go to patreon.com slash report and become a patron. We will talk to you guys next week or in the Patron 15. Have a good one.